Hello there, Tim. Good morning, Ryan. And (laughs) and (laughs) hello, good morning, afternoon, good evening, Tim Paws. Everyone, welcome to Dismembering Horror, episode 156 of Dismembering Horror. The podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and myself, Tim Aslan... That's right. We dismember a horror film every week, in fact. We talk about what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything else we found interesting or noteworthy about a, you guessed it, horror film. All with under the spirit and safety and fun and guise and hopeful atmosphere of friends getting together, having a good time watching a horror movie, and talking about it afterwards. Talking about exactly what we said we're going to talk about. What worked, what didn't, and things of note. That's how we separate them. We also have a little summary up front, if you're new here, so we can get on the same page of what it is that we thought we watched. Uh, But we hope you joined us in watching this week's film, Noroi, The Curse, from 2005, directed by Koji Shiri. Shiraishi, with a screenplay also by Shiraishi-san and Naoyuki Yokota. (laughs) Apologies uh, for the less fluid pronunciation of your wonderful names. Great. Tim, this is one of the rare uh, Japanese films that you put in our hat. I don't know if I want to take that... um claim that responsibility personally, but I I guess I have to. (laughs) Because (laughs) I've seen this before in my uh, movie binging days of yore and did not feel I had to see it again. But now I I apologize. I talk about don't didn't now having seen it. I wish I hadn't. (laughs) Great. Well, now we can talk about why which we always (laughs) hope to get something out of because we're on a mission here. Great. Anything else you got to check up on horror-wise? I'm good. Cool. Nothing's really going Uh, on, you know? Yeah. Um, One thing I wanted to mention, just because it's fun of keeping track of how we're... uh, the connectivity of all the films that make up our show, but when we were reviewing Dismembering Equinox... The producer of that film who picked it up was Jack Harris. And I'm like, that's so familiar. And we just, I just kind of like failed to make the connection and mention it. But he was the producer on the original Blob, which we dismembered, of course. Okay. So, which I even mentioned as a reference point for describing (laughs) what Equinox was. So, Jack Harris behind both. It was fun to note that. So a, a bit after the fact from our episode, but I thought, <laughs> yeah. fun, fun, fun to mention. What are you going to do? Exactly. Better late than never. All right. So. 
for <laughs> Noroi the Curse. Oh, uh-huh. I suppose we should just start how we always do with our fun little trailer here. Okay. Great. All right. <laughs> here we go for the trailer. Once again, from 2005, Noroi the Curse. あ、ちょっと。あ、ちょっと。あ、ちょっと。あ、ちょっと。あ、ちょっと。あ、ちょっと。あ、ちょっと。あ、ちょっと。あ、ちょっと。あ、ちょっと。あ、ちょっと。あ
he was researching a particular kind of sequence of connected events, chasing down this, uh, um, eventually chasing down this term that he comes to, to learn um, and trying to figure out where it comes from. And, oh God, it's called Kagutaba. And finds out basically that there is a village that was um, that used to have a, a ritual that brought to life a demon, and that village was submerged underwater when a dam was built, and now that uh, uh, people from that village, one person in particular from that village, has been trying to unleash that demon um, and curse. Presumably the world, I guess. And um, that's it. The end. Everybody dies. <laughs> Great. It seemed like so much more happens. But it does, you know but what? It's, it's this meandering way of telling the story, right? Like every, every event and person you meet leads to meeting a new person that leads to meeting a new person and like information is sort of doled out through each new person. And eventually that search comes back around and like, you know, connects. But ultimately it's just a series of sort of uh, clue, discovery, clue, discovery, clue, discovery leading up to finding out that in fact yes the demon has been unleashed and the consequence Indeed. of that is that anybody who comes in contact with it, it dies and our heroes you could say are who we've already mentioned kobayashi the documentary filmmaker the actor slash tv personality marika matsumoto who she is playing herself and then our crazed psychic guy Hori, and that's that's kind of our that's about it. Then Junko yeah, is the I mean, I crazed neighbor woman. Yeah, it's important to say that there are two there are two uh, components that are driving everything. One is the disappearance of a, a seemingly psychic child, and this neighbor person who um, seemed to be disconnected from the, the the plot, but turns out is the is literally the connective tissue, and that's um, the woman you just mentioned, whose name now I can't find. Junko. Yeah. So it's all connected to her. She's the one trying to unleash the demon. The end. <laughs> Tim, you're just so excited about this summary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Like, it's so, like, it's convoluted in such a way. I mean, it's actually really simple, but the way that this movie portrays the plot makes it convoluted. It's not really that convoluted um, in actuality, but it, it just ends up being that way because of how it's executed. So it's hard to even kind of be like, what's what's even worth mentioning in the summary? Paranormal researcher gets on a case. It leads him to learning about a curse. 
which leads him to the town that is the source of the curse, which leads him to seeing that the curse has unleashed a demon, which leads him to being cursed by the demon, and he dies. Is that better? Uh, I wouldn't say better or worse, but it's <laughs> what we what we already said. Nor was I needing anything more. I didn't. <laughs> I think right. everything you said before then was fine too. Yeah. Okay. Well, there Great. you go. We did it. Um, I was I was just noting your lack of enthusiasm for the film. Well, you noted correctly. <laughs> Great. Well, we can still <laughs> accentuate the positive as we hope and like true. to do. We can't only do that, unfortunately, but for the brief period that our next section will last us, why don't we? So with that, if you're ready, Tim, our next section, what did, or no, what, not what I was going <laughs> to say, what did not right work already? Not work. Yeah. <laughs> no, as I said, accentuate the positive, what worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. I mean, yeah, the story that was going on was cool. I picked up on... The actual story is cool. Yeah, like the crazed villagers worshipping evil demon involves... uh, Originally involved using little monkeys as part of the ritual right. so now they're using uh uh preborn babies Ab- aborted which, fetuses which is always i got to appreciate the uh the japanese for going there so to speak right uh so i appreciated all that <laughs> yeah i mean there are a bunch of just basic sort of elements that i think like i said like you you could make I think a pretty scary movie in line with The Grudge or with um uh what's the other one? Ringu. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it'd be in that same vein and I think that would that could work pretty well. Um so some of those elements are the actual lore that we come to understand through the story. Which is like you mentioned, this there was a village, they had a really specific, unique ritual that was made to bring out this demonic entity for what was the purpose of it originally? Because I it, they say what it was for, but then they say they, they it got, you know, they couldn't control it. Um, and now I can't remember what that was, but whatever. So it's a, you know, it's man um, meddling in powers that they can't control. That's a cool thing to start with. And then the consequences of that and trying to find the connective tissue through this sort of whodunit detective story. That's all really cool. I mean, I think that that's good stuff. Um, The design of the the sort of, I think there was a term for it, but essentially the faces of the dead children have been carved into this mask. Or, I mean, it's the face of the demon, I guess, more specifically, but then there's this kind of connection to all of the the children that have been 
used in this in the ceremony. That's you know disturbing and cool. Um, I thought the finale kind of imagery was really cool, where you have this woman who is feeding on these aborted fetuses that previously in the ceremony were, like you said, um, monkeys. That's a pretty messed up image and like a shocking thing to come to in the, you know, in the progression of the story. It's sort of, it's a, it's a fun, like we've built up to this thing and then it's pays off. It's like, whoa, that's super. That actually was done well with the found footage style as far as the night vision of just kind of seeing the outlines of the fetuses climbing up on her. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, the, I thought the psychic kid stuff as a, as a story point, not the execution of it, but just the, 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 the context of that was cool. Um, I like that idea that there's sort of harnessing the power of this kid who has psychic abilities or or extrasensory abilities uh as a way to unlock the demon like that's that's a cool idea um also gives you a reason to like it's a good plot device to to say okay well first of all we were just interested in this kid who had abilities but then that kid went missing like that's exciting you know now now we got to go find the kid like any good sort of detective story um figure out who did the thing and having it be a kid is smart too because it makes us feel compelled to be like no we want to save the kid we want to help them um and honestly i don't know that's kind of where it that's it for me like these are if you were to use all of those things in a more, um, tr- I guess, traditional f- cinematic narrative, non-found footage. I think I would have. I think that you there is a good movie in there. The eeriness of some of the design, Great. Um, uh, the but that's ESP it. psychic girl stuff, which you mentioned, liking uh, the idea of it all. I'll actually go a step further. I more than just the idea of it. I loved that whole segment of like the psychic TV show of enlisting oh, yeah? the children, where it was <laughs> okay. just done in the style of like a yeah. funny, you know, how they just Japanese TV show. Just the full style of watching the 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 I don't know what you call them. They aren't commentators, but like the reactors person, right, like right, watching yeah. in the little corner screen. Um, so, but that was more just because like I would get a kick out of watching that show in actuality or right. special or whatever it would be. So <laughs> isolated into itself, watching it as if it was a real thing or not. Uh, I had fun watching that segment. That was definitely my favorite part of the film. Uh, the, yeah. my other favorite, I guess, something that goes just beyond a moment, but was an aspect was our crazy worm fearing guy, Hori, who was just so ridiculous, but like 
in that way that I love extreme performances where like he was just at 11 the whole time and the whole movie was like ridiculous in a way where I was never, I can't get into what worked, uh, what did not work. I was letting myself slip into. (laughs) Um, Anyway, his, if there had been more of his over the top ridiculous style and the movie was just embracing that for what it was, I would have had more fun with it. And he was, um, so yeah, his ridiculous over the topness. It, it, I mean, it was fun. It made me sit up. How he was like the classic, like climbing into a box that looked like it was outlined with tin foil. Him screaming about pigeons and assaulting our woman, trying to warn her of something. Uh, just his his ticky performance. It was just the way he was fully committing to something over that over the top. I just get tickled by, and it was. Kind of the only moments aside from the TV show where I just wasn't wanting it to be over because at least something just kind of fun was happening. Um, Tim, so I mean, I feel like I agree with what your face is saying that it doesn't make for a more realistic movie, which the film, which we'll get into. But I mean, just you're looking for anything that's just has any kind of entertainment value and even if it's hurting it overall, at least is entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I just, I fundamentally disagree from my experience about that character being entertaining. Well, to use harsher words, I mean, let me, you thought it was stupid? I mean, stupid's not the right adjective, but I, I could elaborate in what did not work. <laughs> okay. Well, I just feel like anything that, Yes, I, I could easily include this in the in what worked and what did not work sections. So again, for sheer entertainment value, just someone as ridiculous as this character at least made me laugh and have a fun time. <laughs> um, uh, the only the moment that I kind of liked outside of those things was the the and kind of worked well with the found footage style was the the telekinetic power of the plates going across the table during a dinner scene. That That was was a a cool visual. That was a good moment. Actually, there are probably four solid moments, in my opinion, that, that like, work. Like, they viscerally worked in terms of, like, horror, scare, or at least high creep moments. That's one of them for sure. Super well executed. The glitching of the camera to show this, the the many sort of carved faces, there's something really effective and eerie about that. Um, the figure behind um, Marika, when they watch that footage back, seeing that for the first time, I like that just fun it's very simple and then like i mentioned before in that finale the the night vision imagery of that woman you know consuming um these little these little crawly i guess fetuses which is really messed up but that those four i was like okay that, that's cool yeah good job i'll, I'll, I'll agree with all that 
the one thing I'll add on to all that, just the arrival at the creepy cursed town in question out in the boonies, that just had a good atmosphere to it. This exactly where out in the boonies feel the the ropes all hung in circles hanging. Yeah. yeah okay. It just had a good a good sense of creepy atmosphere. The neighbors not wanting to talk to anyone as over the top as it was. Just this mm-hmm. that whole just that whole uh look and feel felt eerie. Just kind of like a whole town that's the Juan house almost. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, that's what I have for what worked for me. Yeah. The moment, you know, I, I, to go back to the um, the psychic TV show thing, having her get four or five right or whatever and then draw this face on the on the last one and having everybody kind of disregard what she actually drew because it was not the correct answer, I thought was really cool. And it did come back around. Like that face design, which is the mask that the villagers used to depict the demon, and the ceremony of the woman who was the daughter of the priest. I mean, it gets really convoluted, but whatever. Who ends up kind of going crazy, who then is the the woman trying to unleash the demon in the end like that all as a connective thread and how it's, how it ends up kind of unfolding. Like we, we get those answers throughout. I, I I think it's, it's a good through line. So, you know, I guess that's sort of saying that the design of that and the use of, of uh, kind of, unraveling those clues connected to that design throughout worked quite well for me. And then everything around it didn't work. (laughs) Yeah. And I I agreed like with, you know, I mentioned liking that whole TV show sequence, but within that, that was really cool of just establishing a pattern and breaking it. We sort of get on board. She has the psychic ability. She's four out of four photos, pictures, drawings, getting them right. And in the last one, when she didn't draw exactly what was there, it's that that eerie thing of we knew she's must be pulling from something. Yes, yes. In drawing that, right. yeah, that was effective. That was neat. But yeah, and uh, it's always creepy yeah. when it's kids because, like, you yeah, kids are freaky you know and weird. Well, you know they're going to be honest to an extent, and they they'll. It's like they only will give the info when prompted correctly. There's mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. creepy and suspenseful about that. Yeah. Cool. All right. Okay, but that's it. If that's it for you <laughs> and that's it for me, then we can now move on to our next section for Noroi, the curse. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. Okay, well, let's just settle, Tim, this Hori thing, this crazed character guy, because I said what I did like about him, sheer entertainment value, but he could also be a good in for this discussion because he's also indicative of just, I'm just not buying into this being real at all, which is key for 
a found footage film. Right. It's it's entirely necessary. So, and maybe he's just, I don't know, maybe it was that he was extra over the top, which is why I actually had fun with it. But like, I don't know, from the opening seconds, just something about the music, the text on screen, it's just immediately like, oh God, here we go. I'm not buying in at all. The, I, I don't know, it's... Just something about the staging of the actors. It's just every single scene. It just feels phony. The yep. the lead, I'm sure, sure he's a great guy, but he just is, he, he's not reacting in a way that is not good. Not where we see this internal processing happening. He's just, I don't know, is this kind of a bleh? I feel, I, I hate, I hate talking this way, but this well, is Well, I experience. almost wonder if it is kind of a, Part of why it's not working is that, well, I don't know that this is true, but I wonder if there's sort of a breakdown in the conceptualization of how people in found footage movies are supposed to be. And that they just met, like they they got it wrong. Like they they were caricaturing an already sort of inherently caricatured thing. And you end up with this wholly other thing that is like, it's not even re it's the point of found footage is to feel as though there's realism. And it's like, they're, I think they missed that point completely. <laughs> and, and I, I don't know. I mean, if that was just how it ended up or if that was by design, but a mistaken design, that they're like coaching the actors to be over the top acting as if they are actors in a found footage movie rather than saying, you're just a, a normal person. You're a real person. Just be that. That's what found footage is supposed to sort of be. And so it just, it didn't work. It was like, if it, it, it the the crazy guy kind of to me was the biggest example of this where it's like that guy's not acting like somebody who's lost their mind he's overacting the concept of a performance of somebody who lost their mind it's like too many added things it's it's bad acting like really bad to me and to the point that it makes me feel almost like it's borderline offensive and it's not offensive but it, it's like it's like it's so out of touch to me that i'm like i've seen actors who show up and are trying to do a thing and be crazy and it feels like they are trying it doesn't feel grounded in anything it feels like an attention seeking look at me perform and this bordered on that. And I'm like, it's losing me just completely then because I, I just don't believe even the slightest momentary second of any of it. And that's a huge problem in a found footage movie, right? Like you're supposed to believe these people. It, so, so for me, if, if I'm already lost completely, then at least something <laughs> that over yeah. the top is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I found it just obnoxiously like off-putting because here's it, it, it this leads me to the other main issue to me with this movie 
This movie, in terms of the actual content of story, is, I would guess, maybe 45 minutes of, like, solid content. Maybe. But every single scene just goes on and on. Like, as if they didn't know when to just sort of say, okay, let's do that. Like, what you guys did, that sort of, if whether or not it was improvised, it probably was to some degree. They didn't know when to say stop. So scenes just carry on and on, and people repeat themselves over and over because they don't really have anything else to say. And then it just goes, no, it's like, we got the information. Let's just, let's move on. And I just, I mean, the only scene that felt like it had kind of a concise, like beginning, middle and end that like gave us something worthwhile was the psychic TV show scene where it like got us somewhere. It was timed out just about appropriately where we didn't get bored. We got something of interest by the end of it and we moved on. But man, like every scene with Hori is just him ranting and it just never ends. I, I, I just, it's really hard to care if you've like shot your load and then you just keep going endlessly. <laughs> well, at least Hori was unpredictable. Whereas like but everyone else they talked like to, it was just, I felt well, like he I mean, was as predictable because he sort of just said the same thing over and over again. Meaning when you have a performance that's so over the top, you just don't know if he's going to tick left or right. That's that's all I mean. But compared to just the sullen creepy of everyone else they've talked to, where it's just like the, the fall asleep creaky, creepy, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, to me that, just the ex again it's the execution like found footage blair witch suffers from this too a little bit where like and that and it was by design they were just like just we're gonna kind of film you just go you know improv and and go go about what you go about but as the movie progresses in blair witch at least you, you at least you ramp up there's a middle section of blair witch that is just like long and arduous but this kind of is doing that in the wrong direction and just keeps going and i was like oh god what like can we get to something i mean i guess we eventually do but by then i I was like it's an hour 50 i think the movie is isn't it something like that it's way too long for this so um yeah 115 minutes god so it was really hard. Now, one of the reasons I think primarily that it, it really uh, doesn't keep us engaged is like you said, the, the, the main character guy is he's a nothing burger. Like he's not a character. Um, we certainly don't, there's no reason for us to care about him or no perceivable one on my end and he doesn't have any real connection to anybody personally so i mean i guess he wants to find the girl but even that there's we don't have a secondary reason for that right like if you want to build a good character i mean the most 
rudimentary, blatant way to have us care about what he cares about is to have him have had a kid that fucking went missing or something like that. Like anything that connects us to caring about what he wants. And they just don't get that. He just thinks paranormal stuff is cool. All right, whatever. Which we never even see that. It's not like he learns anything either. There's no plight. He, yeah, he never even sees. He ne- we never even see him thinking paranormal stuff is cool. <laughs> he never seems <laughs> that's to be right. He just interested. That's what he does. Yeah, um, you mentioned the Blair Witch Project. I gotta push back a bit. I think that is a pretty gosh darn flawless film. I do not think it sags in the middle or anything like that. And what I think that film is doing, which this one isn't, is it's using that well, actually well-done sense of realism and improvisation as um, giving a sense of progression and trajectory of just sort of turning the heat up, starting slower with the pacing, turning up the suspense. It's using that style like for a bigger picture goal, which this film, it's just sort of like, like you said, you know, where it's nothing actually happens in the scene aside from maybe just the one thing. And then we're just kind of like, I guess this whole scene is just about looking at gray, creepy video atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just because I had it down too, I mentioned Blair Witch in my comparison of feeling like this film was a a weird, awkward in-between of a more like well-done realistic style and then like, the Zach Baggins style <laughs> that we watched, <laughs> Ghost Demon House or whatever. Does this um, predate which, Ghost Adventures? I think it does. This is 2005, so you would know that. You're the... <laughs> well, they've I feel like it's in the like 18 fucking seasons of that show. <laughs> well, it's in the midst of yeah, the Yeah, the original craze, release sure. is 08 I remember, for Ghost you know, Adventures. I think so, the, the yeah. haunting show craze was it. at its maybe height back then. Not by much. But it's... Do you know what I mean as far as like the style where the Zach Beggins thing, it's just like over the top, here's text telling you the exact story beats. Here's the sound effect to make you like, oh my God, creepy thing appeared. Here's the eerie music. Here, it just feels like as if it was Zach Beggins trying and failing to make a more quote unquote like serious style or as I said like understated Blair Witch style but it's like he can just not help himself here and there or it's never what he was supposed to do in the first place so Zach just give us Zach and go all out and your your craziness which he does and maybe that's just what I was wanting from this one and why I keep coming back to Hori I'm like if this just wasn't trying to be eerie realistic and just had fun with itself in a way like it could have I don't know. It could have been the Zach Baggins of the found footage horror films, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, a big part of that, you're dead on a thing that I had forgotten really bothered me. There's so much being thrown at us that is completely unnecessary in terms of production. Like, if there were no Chirons, no, no leading the way, like... They tell us like where we are constantly. We we know. We don't need to know that this is day 16, you know, June 5th, like in this town, at this location, at this address. Like we don't need to know any of that stuff. Like we it's it's already implicit. 
and and like it doesn't help us to have that information put up on the screen. It doesn't make the experience like creepier or better or more clear. Like none of those things are beneficial to this type of movie. If this had just been raw footage and presented as because they kind of tried to do this in the beginning where they're like, oh, we found this tape from this guy who went missing. If they just put the tape in and it only was footage and didn't like hold our hand at all, I probably would have liked it a hell of a lot more. It also, this is kind of incidental, but it certainly didn't help that you had, um, I don't actually know what language, but they had a different language subtitled and then the English subtitles over those subtitles. So very hard to read. Just everything is working against this movie in terms of the things that are put up on the screen. Yeah, and the music again, these creepy music cues, quote-unquote creepy music cues. It feels like if there's that fine line between music... Uh, adding and music compensating. This was definitely on the side of compensating. Hate to say it. Yeah. Yeah, to me, it just feels like a really, really bad attempt at, at like, uh, trying to do all the things that you think make up something like a, a, a scary found footage movie. But it's like there's no there's no broader conceptual design. It's sort of it's sort of just throw everything at the at the wall and because that's what's scary. And that's a terrible way to like approach a thing. Right? Like we don't there's just nothing there underneath this surface presentation of like, oh yeah, we watched these YouTube videos. It felt like it actually felt to me like a really bad and overlong YouTube, like paranormal YouTube video where it's like, they never, they don't really have a direction. (laughs) They're just kind of like making it up as they go, trying to be creepy. It's like, they're trying to be creepy. Don't try to be creepy. Like figure out how to be creepy or don't. Yeah, actual creepy. Yeah, it. it's... What do I want to say? <laughs> what do you want to say? It feels like it's like so much of the reality of this movie, it would be forgivable if it just... It, it feels like it's the a, a movie with a capital M, you know, kind of movie, where it's just we aren't going to get invested in the characters like it's a realistic situation, but that's fine. But just when you're working with this found footage style, I don't know. I feel like, again, it either has to be uh, more understated so it's more realistic or just embrace what it is and go more far out. Yeah. Well, it also occurs to me, and I'd have to think about other found footage, like how they deal with this, but... In theory, I think you still want to have a protagonist that is going through something and makes choices. And this doesn't really have that. It's just a guy pulling a string. 
You know what I mean? He's just like, oh, look, I found this string. Not even pulling it. I'm just following this string along. It's not like and It's not any... even a matter of... the. It doesn't even have to be choices necessarily. I mean, that would be ideal. But at least show him reacting? I don't know. I feel like we never actually saw that. Like, he's never questioning <laughs> right. what he's seeing. He's never... Try, having doubt in what he's yeah experiencing yeah. it's just he's not going through anything yeah it's he's just, just a non-character carrying you along which i guess we've already and said asking some questions so, yeah. yeah anyway hmm. i don't know how else yeah. to put this stuff yeah it's all right not good sorry <laughs> all right but well, good ideas um, that's what kills yeah. me about it actually it's pro- sad when you're watching it that it's not better. Right, right. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a cool like design. That's a cool idea. That's a cool construct. But execution just sucked. It's frustrating. I feel bad because I'm like, I get it. It's sometimes you make a thing and you just it just doesn't work. Yeah. Well, great then. Uh, without anything else, so I don't want to <laughs> belabor it. It feels like yeah. we might be doing. We can just move on to our next section. Here we go. Things of note. Things of note! <laughs> this should be interesting. I got one. Boy, do I have one. Nina Doherty of HorrorNews.net called Naroi the curse. Quote, the best found footage film of the decade. (laughs) And see, this is why you probably added it to our hat. Probably. And I just, it's, I don't know. That's an astonishing like everything's subjective, blah 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 blah. We know, we know. Great, it's taste, no problem. I, I, I'm totally with that. But like, I feel like you would at least want to attempt to move towards ob- objective truth. And I, <laughs> it's it's wild, just wild to me that somebody would say that it's the best found footage film of the decade. Well. I, I'm curious, Tim, you kind of, uh, you know, not giving the unadulterated praise like a lot of us might do on the Blair Witch Project. Do you have another what you think is the best found footage horror film? God, I mean, I would say that any of the first three paranormal activities are better than this. But better than Blair Witch? Um... You know, my only, the only, the, the, the benefit that I think the paranormal activities have that Blair Witch doesn't is a sense of some sort of kind of answer, um, or at least like reason for the things happening where Blair Witch feels a little loose in that department. Um, I like the effect 
that that gives the ending of Blair Witch, where it's it's very sort of nihilistic almost. But as from a taste point of view, a sub, very subjective point of view, I'd rather have it be a little more like causal, um, which paranormal activities have. So, but do I think that they're on the whole a better film than Blair Witch? Ooh, maybe not. The impact that Blair Witch had and also the benefit of being kind of the first is pretty extraordinary. So, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. Well, the other one look, that I like, what are th- other think- what are other really well? I mean, Wreck, the first the original Wreck, that's pretty damn good. That's what exactly what I was just about to say, the other I think contender for top. So, and you so don't know somebody if it, you says like that this Blair movie's Witch? better than any of those? That's rough. Do you put Wreck above Blair Witch? Mm, no. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Totally different style of movie, though, which it has stuff that I... I mean, yeah, that's... Hmm. I don't know. I, I kind of want to go down a little rabbit hole of, like, found footage. Um, I'm, I bet you there's a good list out there somewhere I'll look at at some point. Well, um, I think Blair Witch is the best, and then Wreck is, yeah, it's as, I don't know, close second, maybe. I think it's it's great, but it is different enough. Uh, it can of, make them a little also hard to compare. Also, of that decade, so I guess we're saying the 2000s, right? Is that what that would equate to? That's what that list was, but I'm expanding it to all time because I feel like why not just, you know, it's yeah, it's limited right. even still to expand it. Hmm. Okay, well, <laughs> if you're looking at a list, go ahead. I'm going to continue here on with our section of things of note. I wanted to mention the director, Koji Shiraishi. In his defense, Tim, I have actually recommended another film of his. Okay. Uh, which was Sadako versus Kayako, the oh, Juan yeah. Grudge mashup from, I believe, 2016, something like that. But now that is just, as I said, movie with a capital M style film that I love. It's a fun, modern update of the, well, the ideas in both of those films. And it's, yeah, it's cool. It's both serious and popcorn style and just makes me think, his style works way, way better for, uh, well, that style. Um, and uh, we also have another film of ours, of his in our hat to watch, which is Carved the Split-Mouthed Woman. Okay. So we have another film of his to look forward to that's not found footage. But Tim, I'm wondering, since we kind of touched on it and what did not work, do you think that for this film, the style was like do you think overall you could say the found footage style was only hurting it was it helping it in some places just how Ooh. would you sort of treat that helping or hurting it um debate as far as the found footage style for Noroi uh, I think for this particular story the found footage component hurts it throughout I just never felt like it was it was adding an element that was 
worthwhile to the story. I constantly was like, damn, I wish this was just a movie where I could invest a little bit in the character and had some some more nuance to the to the like imagery. I just it's too much. Too much was going on visually. It's just like there's only so much shaky camera and like text on a screen and like digital um like interference and it, it's just I don't know. Too much. Yeah, I tried like, to what bring if it this back was filmed to like the wailing. Yeah, I try to bring it back to exactly. It feels like like as if the wailing they just said, well, how about we make it found footage? Like I I bring it back to okay, what is the story at its core if that comes first? And does the found footage style organically grow out of that story somehow? And I just cannot make that connection for me that if you're starting with this story idea down on the paper, minus the found footage stuff, how would you get to found footage? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't work. (laughs) It's, it's, It's a big swing and a miss. Yeah. Well, uh, um, did you want to as far come as back this, to any? Um, I'm looking through this one list of the best 35 found footage horror films. Um, I've seen probably half of them, maybe. And <laughs> this movie is on this list. So people like it. I mean, that's cool. Good job. I think Host, now that Host has, exists, is up there for found footage movies. Um, we've seen, what, maybe four in our viewings, found footage movies? Wreck 2, I know we've done. I feel like there was one where, where they're like running through caves and stuff that was the devil's, the devil's um, bread basket. <laughs> the devil's doorway. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was close, right? Uh... <laughs> But I think that we've uh, done five would be uh overstatement. You could no, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that's it. No. No, because we did Demon House, Devil's but Doorway. No, that wasn't that would be a oh, debate. I, guess I you're think right. That's not found footage. That's documentary no. style, isn't it? Hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, either way, wreck to Devil's Doorway. Yeah. Um damn. I I don't know. It's a hard I think it's a really hard one to do well. Found footage. I saw one it's that fun. took place in an asylum that I thought was kind of fun. I forget what it was called. It's funny how you point out it's hard to do well because I feel like a lot of the times it's almost done as sort of like a safety net thing oh sorry and we've also done paranormal activity three of course so there's our third one but it's used as a like this film it feels like it's some sort of safety net whereas if oh just because it's found footage found footage style it's going to be realistic therefore it will be Hmm. default creepy and well get to you yeah that's interesting i kind of feel like doing found footage can be maybe not always but can be a bit of a cop out to say save money because it is in theory a cheaper way to to make movies now 
if you want to do it well, I'm not sure that that holds up. But I think that that I that perception sometimes drives the decision of making it found footage. Um, but generally, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it. I it's I just don't think that there are very many good found footage movies. Period. I've seen no. a couple sci-fi ones that I was like close. Like you did some fun yeah. stuff, alien stuff. I liked that one. I think it's in VHS two where it's like this crazy cult island. And that is an example of one where it just takes everything to such an nth degree and goes over the top that hmm. it's just is ridiculous and works for me. Uh, so maybe that's, that's kind of an example of um, what I was hoping for with this one. There's that, anyway. I don't know if I would say that it was like super good, but I think people like it. There's the movie called The Taking of Deborah Logan. Did you ever see that one? No. It's, you know, it's it's decent in terms of how they utilize the found footage stuff and like the 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 where they're what am I trying to say? Like the environment that they're putting it into. So it's I don't know. It's a challenge. See, just just listen though. It just sounds like we're really just trying to have to scrape the barrel here. We to are fine. That sucks. Unfortunate. I mean, I think that proves the point that it's a difficult, it is an actually difficult prospect to make a good found footage movie. Well, I think that's a good thing of note. Do you have anything else? (laughs) Hmm. Do I? Not really. No. Well, with that then, I think we've said our piece on Noroi the Curse. Yeah. We'd love yeah. to hear if you're a fan listening why we're so wrong. Uh, sorry, we can't hear you right now, and we appreciate you all the same uh, if you made it this far. But we shall wind down all the same with our recommendations. You got one on deck, Tim? Yeah, you know, since I'm looking at this list, here's a fun one that at the very least is taking the Blair Witch kind of whatever um what do you call that the 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 mystique of the Blair Witch project and going kind of into outer space with it not literally but like in a fun way that sort of like oh you think this is a Blair Witch project knockoff it is but now it's not and they go <laughs> they go nutso with it which is kind of fun I wouldn't say it's like a great movie, but it's certainly a much more fun movie than what we just watched and worth seeing. It's called Troll Hunter. It's from 2010, and it's directed by a guy named Andre Ovredal. Um, I believe, I don't actually know, it's Norwegian maybe? Uh, you'd have to look that up. But it's, I think it's Scandinavian for sure. Um, but it's, 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 you know, doing a thing that I think, you know, if you're going to do, <laughs> if you're going to do found footage, go a little high concept with it. And it does. It's called Troll Hunter. <laughs> yeah. And make it, uh, ha- have it more, I guess, organically tied to the story somehow which i guess if you're i actually haven't seen it but i guess if you're just 
people, if it's like a TV show, you're just trying to search for Bigfoot or whatever, like that always justifies uh, the found footage style. Right. Because of course they got to shoot it to get proof of it or scientifically document it or whatever. That's right. All right. (laughs) For my recommendation, it's not found footage film as far as I know because it is a documentary, but it's from 1967 something I'd kind of forgotten about and glad I heard about again and watched it called Festival. It is about sort of taking taking footage from like five years of performances from the Newport Folk Festival that would happen mm. every year. And it's just really is just one of the great music documentaries. You know, it's largely uh, just concert films even that takes it from a set of years from this festival. Uh, incredible performances. If you're into that kind of music at all, you'll love it. If you aren't, then I think you will be after watching it. Yeah, it's called Festival. Check it out. It's really, really good. I think you'd appreciate it, especially Tim. Hell yeah. Cool. Why why not? All right. (laughs) Well, I think it's my turn to pull from our hat, which we're recording digitally today. So how about I'll just tell you when to stop. Okay, go for it. And stop. We have... Oh, 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 oh. all right. Can you see this? The Curse of Frankenstein from 1957. Great. I've been wanting to check out and do for our show a Hammer horror film. I don't know if we've done it. So I don't think we've done a Hammer we're lacking for sure, so this will be great. And I think I pulled this from a list of like what are people's favorites Hammer horror films. Oh, so, cool, great. Yeah, this will be this one of the essentials or classics. Apparently, great. You know, and and this is one of those ones where it's like there are so many Frankenstein movies, but I feel like it's a hard one to to nail down. Like a lot of good attempts. But I want to see one that really makes me go, hell yeah, that's that's the Frankenstein movie I've been waiting for. Yeah. Or it's just, I mean, maybe this is coming from the same place, but it's something where I just feel like you can interpret it or mm. put, put, put a lot of styles over it. Yeah, I have a lot of interpretations on how to do it. So yeah. I'm excited to see the Hammer version of that. I mean, maybe, I, guess I feel like I've seen it way is... back in the day. Yeah. You have, you think? Pretty sure I watched uh, the major ones, but it would have been, you know, a decade and a the, half ago I now. I love the concept of, like, the basic gist of a Frankenstein. Like, yeah. Pet Cemetery is essentially a Frankenstein story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and right? actually, like, oh, I'll have, I'll have a good recommendation for uh, for that next episode, nice. too. Well, I mean, great. the thing that, that's cool about them, I think, is that, and something that this movie was gravely lacking, the one we just reviewed is that it it has a deeper implication right like that's fairly universal you know like we want to there's two things you want to bring back be either bring back people that we care about or have control over death and i think that's a really powerful thing so i'm excited yeah, you mean as far as the core interesting question, yep. relatable idea posed at the heart of Noroi, I am at a loss. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, all right. Well, great. Uh, whether you've seen it before or it's been a while, we hope you watch it and join us for next time. Or even if you don't want to watch it and you want to be here, all the same, we welcome you. Great. <laughs> well, our big ask, <laughs> yeah. if you made it this far, is why not tell a friend you made it this far? A like-minded horror fiend. They Specifically join. that, though. Just say, hey, friend, I just want you to know that I made it this far. And I think, you know, that goes a long way these days. So, yeah. That's right. Exactly. A little positive. Great. Well, in closing, watch out for those curses. Thanks for listening. Yep. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>